everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX, the show that is attempting to level up your personal development. Um, that's I think that's the best one so far in terms of the tagline. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Still working on it. Um, today, I wanted to talk a little bit, kind of briefly, about this notion of dichotomies in the Myers-Briggs system and how it sort of... Um, it sort of helps us determine what our ambitions are based on our dominant function, like the purpose of our dominant function in relation to our personal desires and ambitions, right? I think it can be really interesting to be able to realize that your dominant strength is in service of something. Like, what is it in service of? And I think that ambition comes from your inferior function. Uh, stuff that I've seen around the internet spheres of typology seems to suggest that your inferior function is what gives you that sense of ambition. And from my personal experience and what I've seen in others, that appears to be true. So I think it's worth talking about and at least projecting the idea because the whole point of this is to like make you guys curious and think about this stuff and realize that even typology with so many things that are being worked through, like, you know, personal development is not a set in stone thing. It's all about individual, um, perspectives and such. So we're going to do our best to break all that down today on Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX. Okay. All right, welcome to the show. Hope you guys are doing okay. Um, this is the the fourth show in a row, so I guess I'm doing this every day. I don't know. I've got things to talk about, so I guess I'm going to keep talking about them. I, I don't know. I really enjoy podcasting. I've been kind of low in terms of my own mental health um, lately, and podcasting is just one of those things that I really enjoy and uh, brings me uh, a good feeling, really. And, you know, actually my podcast, uh, dopamine is like a really example, really good example of my own personal ambitions that, you know, I'm an INTP. So my personal ambitions based on my inferior function would be about extroverted feeling, creating some sense of harmony, um, you know, wanting some sort of appreciation and affirmations and love and support and harmony and connection and all of that stuff with the people around me. And, um, most of my life that hasn't come very naturally to me that, that, that really, if I were to try to focus on just that, like literally like trying to determine what my sense of harmony is and like going directly towards that instead of leaning into my dominant strength, like, and I have, I have done that in the past and it doesn't, it doesn't go into a good place. Right. Um, so if I were to be approaching my mental health podcast from a place of like, oh, <laughs> it probably wouldn't go very well. I think people would see that I'm like pandering emotionally and it just wouldn't come out very naturally. Because like someone who's using FE as a dominant strength, as extroverted feeling as their dominant strength, all the FJs, they're going to do it a little bit more naturally, a little bit more seamlessly, right? They're not going to be um, as, seen as annoying as you know, an INTP trying to use extroverted feeling on purpose, right? <laughs> like for me, it would come out whiny or, or too exaggerated in a way that's just unnatural, right? And it's almost like my way of showing affection and showing that I care comes out through my introverted thinking, through the fact that I work through all of these problems and I'm, I'm trying to help someone get to the clear picture 
of what's going on in their life and stripping the data out of something in order to help them. Like that really gives me that ambitious drive at the end of the day. Like, cause I love, I, I love, of course, as an INTP, like I love data. I love all sorts of connections. I love being able to see how, um, people are affected by information and logic and stuff like that and um, behavioral patterns and things. But if I were to be into a place and, and be so into my FE grip stress or just really be in FE too much, then I'm going to be spending too much time, um, you know, trying to, you know, like I said before, just like pretend to be emotional and, and caring. And not that I would pretend, but it would just come out whiny and nobody would want to hear it, <laughs> basically, because it's just not my strength. I won't be able to dive into the nuances of extroverted feeling on its own. But through since extroverted feeling is my inferior function, and that kind of gives me a sense of like what my ambition is, it kind of lets me know like where to steer my introverted thinking, right? Since my introverted thinking is my dominant function, it kind of gives me the opportunity to look at my dominant function as something that serves a purpose, that it's not just me looking at cold data and playing with it and playing with logic for the sake of it, which is fun, which is great. And I do love doing that. But I think at the end of the day, when I start to feel a sense of purpose that comes from like when something I've said helps someone or has changed someone's perspective for the better. Right. And I get that through my podcast. I get that through dopamine, my mental health podcast. When somebody calls in and say like, you know, I love your show. I love the way you talk about things. I love the fact that you're straightforward. I love that you are very honest and real about what's going on in your life. And you're not trying to sugarcoat anyone or anything with what it is that you're saying. Right. Um, because that's, what's most honest to me. And I think for, um, you know, for, for an ENFJ or ESFJ, for example, like being a little bit more emotional is going to be more honest for them. Right. And it's going to come out that way. So being honest is not just about me being an introverted thinker. It's about whoever is the one doing the one talking is being their most honest selves but typically in the realm of whatever their ambition ambition is subconsciously kind of gives them that, that drive a little bit. And I, I think, again, this is, this is just me pontificating. There's no like actual data here. I mean, I've only been seeing this through like personal observation and the people I've talked to that a lot of their, um, a lot of people's ambitions tend to map, you know, to their inferior function. And, um, you know, using their dominant function in service of that tends to, to yield some good results. I think for the most part, like personality hacker and a bunch of other people who talk about um, developing your secondary function, which I do as well is absolutely good for general growth. I think if you don't know what else to do in life, I think that developing that second function is going to be the most natural first step to really developing who you are. But um, if you're having trouble with even your dominant function, I think it's – I think about this in the realm of INTPs because we get into a place of, like, absurdity, like I talked about in the last episode. And we can get to a place where, like, we're just thinking for the sake of thinking and there might not necessarily be a goal in mind, right? And while the goal might not necessarily be to directly affect people, I think that if we can steer our general ambitions in the place of, like – you know, being so intelligent that we can't help, but or so logical or, or so knowledgeable in a certain area that we can't help, but help people in that sense. Like that's kind of cool. Right. It, it's really, it's interesting that like through that 
uh, dominant ambition, that dominant strength that we, we satisfy that inferior ambition through, you know, kind of taking just a little bit of a cue from that inferior function. Right. I think, um, you know, for example, Molly, my girlfriend uh, who lives with me is an ENFP and, um, you know, she leads with extroverted intuition and her inferior function is introverted sensing. And I think there are a lot of her frustrations stem from wanting some sense of stability, not having to worry about stuff, right. Not having to worry about doing, paying any of the bills or dealing with any kind of, um, you know, not dealing with any kind of uh, uh, stressors of like doing the dishes and taking care of the house and, and things like that, right? Uh, and and not necessarily being um, uh, uh, tied down in any kind of way, you know, which is like introverted sensing is kind of like straight and narrow and, um, you know, kind of like fulfilling roles in, in your duty and, and adapting to people's needs and such, right? And um extroverted intuition just really wants to do whatever it wants to do and just play with all sorts of possibilities. Whereas introverted sensing would be the opposite of that. And, um, for her to to satiate that introverted sensing is, is to map her ambition towards, you know, wanting to have all those things taken care of. Cause she's always having like little dreams about like, you know, Oh, I can't wait until we get this like nice studio space or we can't wait until we get, um, you know, we can afford someone to cook meals for us or, <laughs> you know, basically, uh, an ambition that leads towards like, you know, finding whatever that one or multiple ideas that, um, that come from her extroverted intuition, being able to map or apply it to introverted sensing and having life, you know, taken care of because of what she's doing. Right. So like that ambition of like, not necessarily having, you know, a typical family unit, but like the, some semblance of safety and security so she can continue to be an extroverted intuitive and not feel marred by her introverted sensing, right? Like finding a way to make sure that inferior function is like satisfied, right? And I think that's what that, that really is. You know, when I talk about inferior ambition, it's really about finding a way to satisfy that inferior function uh, so that it's not something that's like screaming for us to pay attention to it, right? So that our we're creating a natural flow state in our lives, so that 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 dominant function and sometimes the secondary function as well is in service in flow state in service of that ambition um, of your inferior function. I think in reverse, if we think about introverted sensing like an ISFJ, and think about that inferior function of extroverted intuition, you know, and, and, uh, I think of my ex-wife, for example, she's an ISFJ, most likely very strongly likely. Um, she's never taken the test, but based on what I know about her, I'm pretty sure. Um, like 95% sure, 97.5% sure. <laughs> and, um, uh, so she's an introverted sensor and, um, she's just, she goes through work things really s smoothly. She's really good at like administrative stuff. She's really adaptable to people and, um, certainly knows how to make sure that people's needs are taken care of and especially family, right? Especially that stuff is very important to her. She likes to host things. She likes to make sure that, um, that she's, uh, she's, she's able to live within that. And usually it's in service of her getting to a place where she can just be like, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> so she can, she has everything taken care of and she takes care of people and she has everything, uh, you know, I think of the dinner party, for example, she'll, she'll, she would have had a, 
dinner party set up. And by the end of it, it's all in service of her being able to like hang out with her friends and have a drink and like be able to just, yeah, like play whatever, play with whatever. And, and everyone's just having a good time and laughing. And it's all in service of that ambition of extroverted intuition. It's not some, something that she can do all the time. Like if she were to just kind of let go and be loose and just play with all sorts of ideas and always be optimistic and fun, like she would just not be really great at, um, continuing to go through, you know, to her job and, and handle all of the serious business that she needs to handle. Right. But when it's time for her to let loose, uh, she puts everything in place. She plans everything to a T and she has all the food cooking. She has everyone's, you know, everyone's fulfilling their role and doing everything. And then when everyone's eating and all of the, everything, everything's at a place where everything's, everyone's good. Um, you know, everyone can just kind of let go and have fun and she can do that too. So I think it's just another really interesting example. So um, I'm not going to go through all of the types, but I just think it's really interesting to think about that. And and I would think about the opposite of me as well, like for an ESFJ or an, an ENFJ, they're leading with extroverted feeling. They're typically leading with extroverted feeling to understand the information about people, right? They're leading with the emotional state of people and connection and community so that they can eventually better understand people. I think a lot of um, extroverted feelers have the ambition of wanting to be more intellectual and logical and understand why people do the things that they do. And getting in tune with community and getting connected with people with them emotionally helps them kind of get to that place of individuality, right? Because that's another example of TI is like an expression of individuality. And through community is how they find their own individuality. I've seen this happen. Like my father, for example, is an ESFJ. And um, again, most likely not absolutely sure, but at least 90% sure. And um, he, he's, he's the type that absolutely craves community. He loves being around people. He's like very slow to get connected to the internet age because he just loves going to collect checks from his clients and meeting with them and shaking hands and checking on them. And, you know, he's, he's more likely to drop a client because one client doesn't like the other client and they want to make sure that their clients are happy. Right. And everyone's taken care of. And um, he's not going to do any kind of conflict of interest kind of thing for his own personal gain. He's willing to let go, leave some money on the table for that in that instance. But through that, he's establishing his own de his own identity as someone that wouldn't do that, right? Like not only moral character, but he's determining his method of business and the way that he connects and the and the way that he learns his own personality through um, and sense of logic through community, you know, because like that's a bit of a logical move to a logical and an emotional move to disconnect from one person in order to make sure that both parties are happy and you can maintain at least one of those business relationships. Because logically, if he were to stay with both relationships, he could potentially lose both of them and that would be really bad, right? So the logic leads him to harmony and vice versa. So he's mostly using harmony to make sure that he is um, making sure that everyone's happy and the needs are met and everyone's taken care of and uses logic as a means to, to satiate that. Right. So, you know, I, I think, I think extroverted feelers lean into community so that they can learn more about themselves and become individuals and logical and being able to, you know, kind of 
let go a little bit sometimes and, and learn more about who they are as a person through other people. Right. So, you know, all of that's really interesting, you know, and, and the other side of it, again, like I said, with me as an introverted thinker, like I'm connecting to community through my data, right. Through my information, like this podcast, I'm sharing a bunch of information about Myers-Briggs and I'm sharing logic and I'm kind of working through and helping people think about this as like a curiosity. I almost spilled my hot chocolate. Oh man, I'm moving my hands too much. <laughs> um, uh, I, I almost I almost spilled my hot chocolate. It's messing me up. Um, <laughs> um, but then, you know, the, the point is that like this podcast is like, I've only got 16 episodes and I got 800 listeners so far. That's pretty cool. So I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, but it's just me like pontificating and sharing information and playing with logic and, and trying to let you guys know that you can be curious about that. This is not a set in stone thing. Like there are, there are new neurological elements to this, meaning that like, the cognitive functions have neurological um, mappings that can be seen in like the EEG mappings and stuff, um, which is talked about in an episode of Personality Hacker by um, with a neuroscientist called, uh, his name is Nario Nardi, Dario Nardi, right? That's his name. Um, go check that out. That's an absolutely amazing episode if you're really interested in like the neurological science aspect of everything. I think that's absolutely fascinating. It was a really, really good episode. And that was really where I got the inspiration for this episode. So go absolutely go go check that out and go um, give it a listen. Uh, so, but the point is like, you know, and, and something he does mention in that episode also is like to make sure that we are approaching this with a professionalism, right? I see a lot of things on YouTube where like people are doing stereotypes and, and they're playing with all sorts of like skits and doing all sorts of stuff, which I think is great. I think it's fun or whatever, but in, in the long term, it kind of undermines the seriousness and the professionalism that comes with this, with comes with personality development and making sure that we're not confusing it for astrology or some sort of test that you take to find out what kind of potato you are. Like, that's just not how that works, right? There's a seriousness to this. This is, this is usable. And I think for me, being able to realize that my introverted thinking is in service of community and like at the end of the day, like that's what I'm trying to get to. That is part of my ambition. Like I love this notion. Like there's still something in me. Ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be like a rock star or a comedian or something that like gets all sorts of love and attention, right? And I think you would not think that of an INTP, but since like the FE is there and we don't know what to do with it, it's like a little baby that wants attention. You know, it's like, I just, I just want you to love me. Please just hold me. No, I'm not hungry. I'm not, I just, I don't, I didn't poop. No, I just need love. <laughs> That's all I need. Right. So, you know, INTPs, we just want some love. We want love for our data. We love for, love for the, love for our brains. <laughs> I want to be appreciated for my brain. Right. And that's kind of like this dichotomous marriage of my inferior and dominant functions. So I, I think it's a fun topic. If you want me to do an episode where I talk about all of the different dichotomies, I'm happy to do that. I think maybe I'll, I'll go to that and revisit that. I'm kind of running a little long on this episode anyway, so I'm going to wrap this up, but I think those are pretty good examples about uh, ISFJs, ENFPs, INTPs, and ESFJs or ENFJs. Right. So, um, and really kind of covers, uh, uh, learning types and thinking types. So our learning styles and, th and, uh, decision-making styles. So, um, I think that kind of rounds it out a little bit, at least for now. 
I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like 5.30 at night. I'm just like, whatever, not really at night, still during the day, but whatever. I'm tired. I don't, I just, I don't know. I just went to my desk and I was like, I'm going to record. So <laughs> here I am, you know, uh, no real rhyme or reason. So we'll kind of uh, break this down a little bit further in the future as we go along. So um, if you guys would like, please go to supermbti.training to go check out my free Myers-Briggs course. It's the easy mode course. So it is the absolute beginner's introduction to Myers-Briggs. If you're just joining this for the first time and you're like confused about all the things I'm talking about, that is the place to go. Go to supermbti.training to go through that course and then come back and listen to some of these podcasts so that you can kind of join in on the conversation and uh, start to learn how some of this stuff can be really helpful for you and your relationships and connecting with people on business and, and doing all of that stuff. Like, I think it's, it's absolutely amazing stuff that is like expanded my brain in a way that has helped me understand that I'm not broken as an INTP or someone who's dealing with mental illness or anything like that, that I'm someone that is like, you know, I'm, I'm able to separate the two my mental illness from my personality. And that gives me a greater sense of confidence to continue to be the person that I want to be. Right. That's how I have this show. That's how I can continue to just kind of like talk like this. And like, you know, I'm not worried about anyone's perspective. I just, I I'm, I'm just excited that anyone loves it or anyone appreciates it. Right. So if you listen to this podcast and you want to leave some love, you can go to let's go see notes or super MBTI on Twitter. Oh, and, um, leave me some love or leave me a voice message here on anchor anchor.fm slash super MBTI and hit me up there. So again, super MBTI training is the place to sign up for the free course. And I am also a part of the boss project summit, which is going to be um, a summit that I'm going to be a speaker on. It's a digital summit that I'm going to be a keynote speaker talking about branding. So it's real talk. Branding is more than a logo. And, um, since I'm a multimedia designer, that is my main gig. Uh, I'm going to be talking about branding all in that summit. So if that's something that you're you're interested in, go to bit.ly slash cnote summit and sign up for that. That is a free thing. You can go watch that for free during November 6th to the no- November 9th. But if you want full access to that, which is 40 plus speakers of amazing content, um, you're going to have to pay $49 for the pre-party pass at the door, which means November 6th and November 9th, the price is going up to $97. And then after the event, it goes up again to $149. And then a few days after that, it is completely gone forever and ever and ever. So go get that now, like absolute last chance to, to get all of this access to people who are talking about YouTube and marketing and branding and personal development and like so many rad, rad things that I think it would be incredible to have you guys along that journey. And I'll I'll also be watching with you guys in the chat room. So you can totally chat with me there. That would be dope. So um, that's it. I'm going to go now and drink my hot chocolate so I don't spill it and feel all sad about it. And uh, I'll catch you guys next time on Super Myers Briggs Turbo EX. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to Super Myers Briggs Turbo EX. We're going to help you with Myers Briggs and all that fun stuff. And uh, if you want to jump straight into the advanced course, go to supermbti.training. If you want to check out my other shows, go to dopamine.life for mental, my mental health podcast. And you can go to cnote.show to check out the media podcast. So if you love this show, go to anchor.fm slash supermbti and leave some love, leave a review, share it with your friends, all that good stuff. And uh, most of all, thank you. Thank you for listening to Super Myers Briggs Turbo EX. Yeah.